Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello everyone, welcome to the Red Men TV. I'm joined by Andy Kelly from the Liverpool Echo. Uh, a man who I'm sure is feeling loads more relaxed <laughs> now that the transfer window's closed. Yeah, I mean, it was, um, it was a busy summer, wasn't it? Yes. I think it was a good summer, though. Yeah, in the end, yeah. and um, yeah, I mean now it's it's almost like people are bored with actually getting back to football. That was, <laughs> but that's the best thing about the international it, break that's is the exact opposite for me. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. go on. Yeah. No, exactly. Well, I'm that way as well because I think sometimes I mean we can tell by the numbers we're reading stuff on on the Echo site and all that sort of stuff and the interest we get that obviously the transfer window now is almost bigger than games. Yeah. Well, it is bigger than games. Oh, no, absolutely. And um, that's a bit mad. Mm. And for me. The good thing about the international break is it just gets you ready. I really want to see the Reds. Yeah, no, completely. Is, in your experience, obviously, how long have you been at the Echo now? <laughs> Ballpark. 18 years, something Jeez. like that. So, I mean, obviously the transfer window as we know it hasn't existed for that for that length of time. But yeah. is this for you the craziest it's been? Not just in terms of like the, the business done, because they've probably had busy transfer windows in the past. More in terms of how the reaction from the fan base has been to the transfers yeah but we're living in a social media age isn't it everything's changed for as you know yes. um and i would have no job I'd no, no, <laughs> yeah. no, to be honest and there's been obviously an explosion of of interest people like yourself and, and everyone uh, everyone around that type of, of coverage of the club and in, in the vast majority of ways it's massively positive you know yeah. it's people who are getting interested in yeah. the club who can interact with other fans uh, and all those sorts of things it used to be i mean I should say I, I was doing news for 15 of those 18 years on, on the Echo. The, it's the last three I've been with, with sports and, and football and um, and the Reds. And I mean, certainly in the three years, I, I mean, it's just exponentially. I think this summer was just crazy because yeah. everything changed. I mean, Klopp said a few weeks before that, you know, if Neymar goes, everything changes. Yeah. And I think... It it changed before that in terms of the level of interest, but it but the Neymar deal changed everything in terms of the numbers, didn't it? Yeah. And so the transfer window now, you can even see Klopp's even spoken about it, hasn't he? He says, you know, he said after Arsenal, you know, about the next few days, and said I'm not going to enjoy them, but I know I know you all are. Yeah. And um, I think it's yeah, it's a double edged sword, isn't it? It's it's fantastic interest. It's people. It's exciting. Um, we should never take for granted how you know good it is for young fans to see new talent arrive at the club. 
I think the only other side of the coin for me is that sometimes we don't appreciate what, what, we, what we've already got here, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It is very much the new shiny thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's, it, it's a tough balance, isn't it? Because I think anyone who, who, who watches Liverpool and, and watches them intently, as you know, most Liverpool fans do, there were clear issues that we felt, felt needed to be addressed. And unfortunately, until they disproved that on the pitch, which unfortunately takes a full season. Yeah. Right, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and then... It's another summer, and it's the same old time. You know, there's going to be there's going to be a, some fear, I guess, lingering fear over what Liverpool maybe didn't do in the window so much as what they did. Yeah, the, the interesting thing about this window is it, it leaves you in a situation where I've had this myself the last couple of days, where I've been thinking about the window, and obviously I'm coming back into work and thinking, what what am I going to think about this window in terms of what I'm going to share with people in in the paper on the site and. Um, for the most part, I think it was a very good window in the end. Yeah. Um, but for all that, and I think that, as you say, we'll only know with the with hindsight as to how good it was. Yeah. Because there's there's issues. You think, okay, we needed to address the left back issue. We've got Andy Robertson in. Yeah. Early signs, terrific, both for us and of course for Scotland the yeah. other night. But we haven't seen him tested defensively yet, and we know that to a certain extent that's not going to be as as we know him. Yeah. It's forte, so there will be times to season, maybe in the next month or so, where there's going to be people going. We spent ten million on Andy Robson from Hull, and he's not good enough. It's got to um, be. It's, if anyone's going to criticise him, it's always relegated Hull. By the way, yeah, we've absolutely. That. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, um, I think if you're going to be, if you're going to look at it in the round, I think you're going to just have to accept that you know he does need to improve in some areas. I think everyone who's seen him regularly knows that. So. It's going to have to be a little bit of patience on, on that position. It's not, it's not as if he's going to be playing every game by the looks of it anyway. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the big looming sword of Damocles of yes. the whole window is centre-back, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, I think I got sick of how many times I showed out in the office, is Van with a big V or a small V in the, <laughs> in the summer, do you know what I mean? And I should have known by the end. I'm not yeah. sure I still know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, he was the... He obviously was the the terrible start to the window in, in terms of what what Liverpool did, yeah. and there was still that hope right up to the last day that he could be the the, the brilliant end to the window, and it, it, it didn't happen. Can I ask you on that? Because obviously that was very much the, the feeling, wasn't it? I, I, the, the logic follows. I mean, I'm not. I was saying from the outside looking in. I'm not saying that the, 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 the echo journalists are bang on the inside, but you guys are the professionals in the, in, in this way. Were we? Were, it felt like Liverpool didn't go for a second choice because there was a lingering feeling that Van Dijk was possible. Is that us reading between the lines, or was the, were we right to be hopeful of this getting I, across the lines? I think we were right to be hopeful, but the other side of it, uh, and I think we're probably still right to be hopeful going forward if we move towards January, end end of the season. But I think I went up to Melwood. Before the start of the wind, just as the window was starting, and, mm -hmm. and had a chat, and the vibe from the club was always that, and this was the message, really, that wanted to be seen to be coming from Michael Edwards as well, and it was that that they weren't going to accept second best, yeah. that Liverpool, that Michael Edwards wanted to deliver Jurgen Klopp's number one choices, yeah. and. That, that, that's not giving any secrets away to anyone yeah. because everyone will have seen by the way Liverpool acted all window that number ones, they wanted number one choices. Now, as a, 
as a as a journalist, I suppose that that isn't ideal because um, if those number ones aren't happening, you'd like to be able to report on number twos and sure. number threes. Well, there was a that's the thing, and there was a distinct lack of any of that stuff. Really, yeah. credible stuff all summer long. Absolutely, but as a supporter, which you know, I'm sure everyone watching this is, unless they're very strange. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's a bad thing overall in that I think for too many windows, there are very obvious examples which you'll have covered here in great detail, Paul, but the um, too many windows were accepted second best. Yeah. And the vibe always from Jurgen Klopp was there is a very small pool of players who improve this team. Now, there'll be supporters out there going, I can think of 10 centre-halves who are better than and they'll almost always probably say Dejan Lovren. Yeah, absolutely. Um, personally, I think if Dejan Lovren plays at his best, there are very few centre-halves better than him. Yeah. His problem is consistency, and sure. we haven't seen that, have we? So, but consistency is a big part of the game if you absolutely. want to be challenging for a league title. So it's, it seemed fairly obvious to me that Liverpool, the whole way along, um, felt that there was an opportunity for Van Dijk. You've done the hard bit in persuading, clearly, the player wanted to come. Yeah. And but this window saw a couple of different things, didn't it? It saw clubs, and we've been on both ends of it. Yeah. Say no. Yeah. You've signed a contract, um, and you're not going anywhere. Now, in terms of the Van Dyke situation, there's been a lot of discussion about mistakes that Liverpool might have made um, in terms of making public that 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 sort of Van Dyke situation, yeah. um, and did that. Did that kill the transfer? Um, I don't think any of us, and I don't think Liverpool could even tell you if it did or not. Sure. But I think there is there is a scenario within the club, I think, where they feel whatever had happened, Southampton at this stage didn't want to do business with Liverpool because, quite frankly, they were they were sick of the sight of Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. And you you can you can understand that. I mean, fans out there must if they if they've got anything about them be able to empathize with other supporters of other clubs yeah you know and if you if you put yourself in the situation of a southampton supporter yes i'm getting plenty of plenty of money out of liverpool personally i'd rather see two or three years of these very good players we've yeah. developed or bought in relatively cheaply and are doing really well for us and i mean obviously with oxley we've 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 ended up Buying a Southampton player one, one, one step along yeah. the road, but um, maybe that's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Maybe. laughs> and there was a scenario I I feared that Southampton would be prepared to say Van Dyke doesn't want to go, doesn't want to stay here at St Mary's, but we will let him go, but we're not letting him go to Liverpool. Yeah, and that you know they would have said. Pick two figures out of the air, roughly in the area that 60 million from Chelsea was going to be better than 70 million for Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, now you might say you're cutting off your nose, spite your face yeah. there, but it, it's the message that it sends to their fan base. Yeah. And to a certain extent, you can't put a value on that, but you might say, given the silly numbers involved now, that you know five or ten million difference, we'd rather do business with them. Yeah. Because. It's just getting silly with you now. On the, on the, I guess, I, okay, and I, I agree. But is there a, is, going back to the Michael Edwards stuff on this though? Is, is there a, 
is he also cutting off his nose to spite his face? Is, is there? A, do you think there might be a touch of hubris there on his part of if he's because he's trying to he is trying to prove himself and improve himself in this role that in being so steadfast in that number one targets thing that you know he's he's made a rod for his own back in, in some regards. Again, I think hindsight's going to tell us, but it's t it's tough. I mean, you could you can definitely argue that, yeah. but is it a case where Edward Klopp Klopp, as far as we know, and everything he says, and you know, generally with our manager, what he says, you, you know, you can generally take as what he means. Yeah. He's always seemed to be when when they when they introduced Michael Edwards to us all up up at Melwood, and Klopp was in the room. Mike Gordon was on the phone, and we had a we had a chat about Michael Edwards's new position. Um, I was up there with Piercy, and um, and you know, he he was. It was very clear that Jurgen Klopp was very happy of Michael Edwards becoming sporting director at Liverpool. Yeah. Now, um, there's two ways of looking at, at that. If you know Michael Edwards is, for those who castigate him, is seen as the geek that did good. Yeah, isn't he? Um, the guy with the, the stats and the analytics. Who, the, man, the man with the laptop. The man with laptop who's sending his messages to FSG and everything else. Um, but basically, he was a man with lots of good information that the club ownership appreciated and felt was useful. Um, he's been promote, promoted into a significant role for someone who didn't have a, a, a real career in the game. And, and you can tell that's something that I think he, he still feels he needs to prove in the sense that if you look at other big clubs, they've got these, 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 these sporting directors who perhaps have had significant yeah. roles in the game and, and everyone knows who those, those are. So I think he does, to answer your question, I think he does feel he's got something to prove, but I don't think, I don't think he would um, take that as far along as saying, well, I'm, I'm only going to accept number ones. Yeah. I think that message has come to him directly from Jurgen Klopp, and I yeah. think that's why Klopp is, is happy with Michael Edwards in the sense that, let, let, let's make no bones about it. Jurgen Klopp was directing Liverpool's transfer business this summer. Mm -hmm. um, he might not have been the one on the phone, you know, putting in offer one, putting in offer two, sorting out possible, you know, getting getting the, the offer faxed over, all yeah. those sorts of things. But but it was Klopp's hand across everything. Yeah. It was Klopp's will. Okay. Yeah. And here's something we didn't hear mentioned. All I don't think I wrote the words transfer committee. <laughs> Once all summer, did you mention it? On no, no, no. There you, I mean, and that that hung like a sort of, you know, this sort of all-consuming obsession with fans yeah. for a while, and and they're still there. Nothing's changed. Yeah. But well, it's, every, it's just FSG now, isn't but, it? And but everyone knows that what's happening is being done because of Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. Where do you, where did you stand on the the? Because there was a little inkling toward the back end of the window when Jürgen's interviewed and he talks about everyone's got bosses. And I think that was the only thing that maybe put a little doubt into people's minds about how much control Jürgen has. Because that was almost the first admission that, and it was around the Coutinho stuff, yeah, yeah. of saying it's not, the final decision's maybe not down to him on that one. Yeah, and it was interesting because some people wrote that as a possible rift between FSG and the manager in terms of, I think the thought was Klopp's view was, if, if he doesn't want to play for me, 
then go. Yeah. Uh, and FSG have been very clear with their statement that he's not going anywhere. Um, I think there was more nuance to it than that. I, I think how I read that was Klopp saying, look, he was basically referring people back to what the ownership had said yeah. without him having to get involved again. Yeah. And it, he was basically saying, look, the, there's a, why do you need me to say it again yeah. for the nth time? Because here's a very clear statement from the people who pay me saying he's going nowhere. Yeah. So even if I want him to out the door on, you know, straight to John Lennon and off to Barca, it's not happening. So you, you don't, you don't, we don't need to have this conversation again. Yeah. Um, that that was my take on it. Whether there is, I think the Coutinho situation has hurt Klopp. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think he's he's a man who wears his heart on his sleeve, and for him, I think what he's trying to create at Liverpool is a gang. Yeah. You know, we've all seen that happen successfully at Clubs Ferguson. We know he was brilliant at it. Yeah. And that whole um, situation, for me, with Klopp, I'm pretty sure inside he feels Coutinho has let him down. Yeah. And maybe somewhere he feels, well, okay then. If you don't want to be part of my gang, off you go. Yeah, yeah. I think, and that's. I guess that's going to be the interesting challenge for him now, going forward. Is how does he can he reconcile that himself as much as anything? As much how how does he then bring Phil Coutinho back in if he is a guy who is quite emotional in in that regard? It's going to be an interesting one to see. It is, but I think equally for. For you, for me, for everybody who goes to the stadium, in that I'm sure a lot of supporters feel a little bit hurt. Yeah. Um, and I was listening to lads talk about this um, on a podcast yesterday, and and Neil Jones, one one of my colleagues, was I thought made some good points about it's it's time for football fans to to give up at, to, on any illusion that that footballers are are loyal to a club yeah. and and there's no point throwing back quotes at him when he signed his new contract in front of club media and, and saying, oh yeah, I want to be here for a few years and everything else. You know, what else is he meant to say in that situation? Well, yeah, it's like someone talking about how good the kit looks at a kit launch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, it's horrendous. He's not going to wear this for a year. At least they don't have two-year deals anymore. You know, yeah, I can get rid of this in 12 months. It'll be fine. But no, it's a, it's a very it, good point. It, it has to, you know... It ha he has to say that. I mean, what, is you, you know, what, what's he going to say? What's he going to say? Well, look, I've signed the deal, but if there's anything coming in from Spain, you know, and a decent <laughs> offer, I'm hoping they'll <laughs> let me go. You yeah. know, we live for the best club in the world. I mean, they're not. They're yeah. not. At the moment, it's clearly Barcelona. And if they yeah. were to come calling, like, you, you can just see it, <laughs> the LCTV people just turning the camera off and just padding to one, padding yeah. to one side. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say the interesting thing is, I think of Liverpool got through our group in Europe and drew Barcelona I think most of us would go into that game with a certain confidence mm. would, uh, am I being daft and thinking that no I, 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 I think so and I think for a start I think he'd have a point to prove but also I think the, the team would therefore have a point to prove to him and equally I just think they're good against good teams as well yeah, I mean, we which, which that's what we do isn't it can, can I just ask you just going back to the, 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 the statement from FSG then on Coutinho because we've asked this a lot, and I think there was still very much, I think that again, that lingering doubt as to as to the statement and as to as to Liverpool's, you know, how steadfast they were going to be on that statement. It felt like, even though, like, like Chris Baskin's even got to the point where he's like, I can't keep asking the club the same question yeah. and getting the same answer. The, people don't understand what definitive means. <sighs> is this 
it's, it's part of the reason why they've been so steadfast because we doubted that they could remain steadfast. If that makes if that makes sense. And I think because people have seen not just Liverpool but other football clubs um, say many things and mean other things. I mean, looking at it from the other side of the coin, um, Roma were were talking very clearly that um, you know we're not a supermarket. We're a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We're not going to be selling our players, um, even though everyone knew they were in... in financial fair play problems and the exact thing they did have to do was sell all their players and they sold quite a few of them yeah. and of course Salah came to Liverpool and clearly that looked like a terrific bit of business um, and um, yeah so people don't trust football clubs we even had a little thing from Jürgen in his last press conference I think it was where he said um, and I can't remember what he was referring to but he said um, it was probably Coutinho, I think, but um, he said, "Sometimes I don't like to, I, I don't like to to lie, or but but I've but I've got to." And he, he virtually admitted it. Yeah. And so when someone who I think the vast majority of supporters trust intrinsically, like Klopp, essentially admits that there are times for the overall benefit of the club that he's got to tell a little porky. Oh yeah. Um, because then. Yeah, if you if you look at it, look at the Cater situation. The club were very clear that we've catered, we've tried, it's not happening. Yeah. And you know, we'll we'll we've stepped away from active pursuit of it. Yeah. Um and obviously in the background they were trying to come up with a something that can work for both parties here. I, I mean for me, that that had uh, that had echoes of an of an old style transfer by the end. Yeah, absolutely. In the sense that nobody, well, nobody if it knew been that. someone tracking it on Snapchat <laughs> or something, no one would have known he was in the country. Yeah, and then it was, but it was it was done. It was done it was, like that. It, it was it was great, wasn't it? Yeah. Because we'd almost moved. Everybody had moved on, yeah. and so it so it had it had both. It had it was a very modern transfer in the sense that we were talking about him for weeks and months, and then it had the old school of. He's here, yeah, 
I can tell you, I think that was Bank Holiday Monday, wasn't it? And <laughs> What's a bank holiday? <laughs> Come on. Jim's, Jim's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, the, the entire Echo Sports Department had popped out uh, on a bank holiday, sunny bank holiday, to grab a sarnie. I won't tell you which establishment. Uh, um, and we were sat in the sunshine for literally five minutes, grabbing a sarnie, and Piercy's phone pinged. And um, it was... Oh my God, we've, we've signed Cater. And there was like three or four people looked at each other in abject horror. <laughs> I, I, I looked at me, rotisserie chicken um, <laughs> sub. And I don't know if you, everyone will have seen the, the scene in um, um, Only Fools and Horses where Del Boy and Rodney <laughs> are Batman and Robin yeah. sort of sprinting up the road. Well, that was pretty much the Echo Sports desk um, <laughs> as as uh, as that news came in, yeah. and obviously it was a bit of a you know a ten minute panic, but it but it's but I think it was brilliant for the club, yeah, and absolutely, um, and it was brilliant the way they did it, and I know some people are saying I've I've seen heard a couple of criticism on a obviously we didn't get it done, we need him this season, and two that you know if you're going to be paying. More, you should be, you should be, you know, paying that more than the than the the release clause. You should be getting them now. But I don't agree with either of those scenarios. I think we had a situation where you can either accept the reality that they're not going to sell them yeah. to us this year, and go and get uh, the next best thing, yeah. which is have him coming in next season. And I don't know if I don't know if Tranmere. Um, will be the first pre-season game again next season. Mm -hmm. But if I was them, and the World Cup might mess this up, but yeah. I'd, I'd be selling tickets now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> if that's, if that's Naby Keita's face on the first, first game yeah. for Liverpool, which it could well be if he's, if he's you know in early enough. Um, I mean, the excitement when he arrives, I think, is going to be palpable. Yeah. And um, I think he's a you know he's a really really exciting signer. Um, I want to. I, I completely agree. I just want to bring it back to to the to the start of the summer, just just to start start to wrap it up. Um, there's an article that comes out from Ian Doyle, <laughs> yeah. Um, where yeah. it talks about the. the I'm glad being, you brought this up. Actually, yeah, I thought it was worth bringing up because yeah. there's been if there's one bit of ammunition I've seen thrown around about Liverpool's transfer window, it's, it's that Liverpool had 200 million to spend. They didn't spend 200 million, therefore it's a failure. Now, Ian writes this. It's an opinion piece, an opinion piece and yeah. the maths in it are the less than it's less than perfect perfect mathematics within the article. I, I, I don't well. think it's too bad. Are we? I'll take issue with you on that. Okay, go okay, on, go okay, on. Okay, but um, I mean, where just where do you stand on this? I mean, because this is inevitably, as I say, I've seen this reference, this two hundred million referenced, and it was as though it was fed to the echo by the club that this was the budget. Yeah. And yet, to my knowledge, and I might be wrong, there might be other articles where it's elsewhere. I made a, a video, sort of semi jokingly, about a, a flight of fancy about what you could do if you had two two hundred million. But yeah. I didn't, don't recall seeing this ever as like a. This is exactly the budget, definitively. Yeah. Liverpool have got it, and and the piece that Ian wrote. Ian has a column in the Echo on a Sunday. That 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 piece was written as Ian's opinion for for his column. Yeah, and obviously his opinion is based on um, his knowledge of the club, having worked. Mentioned that you know I've only worked football for three years. Ian's been working football for over twenty. Yeah, um, you know he's very experienced. 
Um, and he's, he's in sort of like the cynic around the, um, the sports desk yeah. at the Echo, you know. And um, the, he wrote that because, this is where I take issue with you on the maths, but the maths of it was very simple. Yeah. Um, he expected that Liverpool would bring in, we, uh, we actually did a podcast talking about this, about how much Liverpool would raise from sales. Yeah. And certainly my view was that Daniel Sturridge wouldn't be at Liverpool this season, for yeah, instance. Agreed. And we, we put a you know, 30 million on him, 30 million on Sacco, maybe another 10 on Markovic, and so on and so forth. And you get to 100 million to spend. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's the knowledge that Liverpool hadn't spent the money they should have spent in January, as we yeah. all know, uh, and that there was extra TV money, and that there'd generally been a budget of 30 to 40 million most years anyway. Uh, though which Klopp hadn't spent, as we know he had a positive net spend for yeah. quite a while. So there had to be money available. Yeah. There was a clear vibe from Liverpool that money was available. But no one ever briefed the echo and said, we've got 200 million to spend. I, you know, absolutely not. But Liverpool tried to spend more than 200 million. Yeah. This, the, you know, uh, what did we end up spending? If you count Cato, about 120, was it 120, 130? Like yeah. Well, there was two bids for Thomas Lamar that takes you up to that. Yeah. Now, of course, that then you've got what money did we bring in? And I think that was, off the top of my head, it was obviously 26 for Saka was the, the yeah. guts of it. But um, I think net, ultimately, they probably spent about around 40 million. Um, yeah, I think if you count the, the cater money, it's a bit more yeah, than that. Course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But there obviously was a Van Dijk deal that they hoped to do right to the very last minute. And there was a, there was a, Thomas Lamar deal. Now Lamar, I think, was a case of spending the Coutinho money before you got you got it. Yeah, we saw that with Everton this summer. They bought they bought everybody before, uh, well, not everybody because they didn't just keep buying, didn't they? But but they bought a lot of their players before they had the Lukaku money because that, that's the clever thing to do. Yeah, um, and I think for me, Lamar was a case of um, potentially trying to spend some Coutinho money before next summer when. If if he goes to Barca next summer, as we probably expect he would, better to replace him now than yeah, exactly. once you know that money's exactly. There. So, I mean, I think Ian wasn't far off with his assessment. Yeah. But it was never. If you look at the top of the piece, as you say, it's clearly marked as an opinion piece. I think sometimes when the Echo does something like that, maybe we have to be a little bit more aware that there's this assumption that someone that John Henry's rung off the Echo Sports <laughs> desk and said. Can you just get out there that we've got 200 million to spend? Can I just decide, oh, joking aside, <laughs> yeah. Does that have you ever had direct contact from Liverpool's owners on any on, on any kind of stuff? I mean, they would. I have. I haven't. Um, they would tend the way we're set up. They would tend to speak with James anyway. Mm -hmm. um, James has a, a good line of communication with with uh, with Tom Werner, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, so. Um, you know, and Liverpool are based just around the corner in Chapel Street from where we are. Um, we have a very good relationship with the club, but we're not averse um, to criticise because you, you can't... People just don't take you seriously if, yeah. you, if everything you write is a sort of... Aren't Liverpool... To give you an example, and to use Ian again, the night that, that, that they had to issue the apology over Van Dyke. Yeah. Um, was another crazy night in the office. <laughs> and Ian had got home, actually, and he was our Liverpool writer for the day. James was on holiday. And um, 
I rang him and we had a chat about it and he said, I'm on, I'm on my way. And he lives in St. Helens Inn, so he's a bit of a woo, but he was coming back in the East Langs. <laughs> and um, and I, I said to him, we need an opinion piece on this. And, uh, and you know, he said, yeah, I know, I'm, I'm, I'm on it. And he wrote a very, very damning opinion piece um, about how this had transpired. And I think his line was that it was one of the most embarrassing moments in a in a proud 125 year history for yeah. the club. Now that sort of thing gets noticed. Yeah, you know it's been quoted back to me by several people at the club since. <laughs> um, so, but there was no other way of describing that situation. Yeah. It had that's what it was, and and it's written. And the way we work with the club is, I think they expect that we we give them a fair hearing. Yeah, and. And 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 for that we we obviously get some privileged, uh, if you like, um, access. I suppose is maybe one way of describing it. But but basically we have a fair dealing relationship with yeah. them in that we can. Uh, to be they, fair, they, this is not a surprising thing. No, because this, this is the local. This is the local. The local of newspaper course. of every team has this degree of connection by and large with the with the local. Exactly. Football. I mean. Our our readership obviously they they appreciate is is has a massive um, local base of support and that local support you know the fact that that we have that relationship is down entirely not because they think oh the echo's nice uh, they've got their own club channels and everything else that mm. it's because they appreciate the need for a certain amount of correct information to be shared with local supporters. Do you think it's just tough because, as you say, I think there's maybe the distinction gets lost online these days between what opinion, rumour and actual news because inevitably if you're getting them from the same website or you're getting it through, you're getting it through the same browser, if nothing else, that that's, and I think that the waters are being muddied a bit by other online uh, news outlets to some extent. Well, there's no... The, 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 there's no when when people publish something that's clearly wrong uh, yeah. on the, on the internet now there's no there's no sort of challenge really to it to say what you printed was total lies and nonsense yeah. everyone just moves on to the next thing yeah. and the the remarkable thing for me is that those people who printed nonsense and lies and everything else um that people will still believe them the next time, in 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 the hope that they, they are, and you know, the, the, there was lot, there's lots of fantastic information on 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 social media, on on the web, and everything else. I think it's just for people to find the ones that they trust. Yeah. And the most important thing for us at the Echo is that um, that people, when they read our stuff, know that it it's not. It's either branded as an opinion as Ian's piece was, which is mm -hmm. I believe we'll spend this much, and I think Ian wasn't far away. I mean, I wrote a piece before the window saying Liverpool will break the transfer record three times this window. Um, now, not I could, chronologically, I could, but yeah. I could <laughs> I could half claim that if you if you go with Salah broke it because you know it's thirty six point nine. That's what they said to the stock market. That's the right figure. Ox Oxley Chamberlain was a level thirty five, wasn't it? And then if you count it, Cater, you yeah. could say. You could almost claim it, but actually, I was wrong. The, the, there was there was an attempt to break it five times, yeah. 
but that's where they were at the club. Uh, you know, these are real bids. Yeah. You know, apart there was no bid for Van Dyke for the very tiptoey way that that the situation they find themselves yeah. in. But um, so there was there was money there to to spend. I think they wanted to spend more. Um, and and will they regret not moving to to that plan B with the centre back? I'm still hopeful that. Klopp believes he's got enough there. I mean, I think Joe Gomez, I expect, yeah. um, I was too busy watching Ben Woodburn to watch England on 21s <laughs> last night, but um, I think he would have played centre-half for England last night, did he? Uh, um, um, international football. <laughs> it, it, is, it, it is, but he, I mean, certainly Trent was, was playing, so I'm assuming he took right back, which would uh, assume that Joe Gomez has got man of the match. Yeah. Now, he's, he's someone that we've seen play more at right back. Um, but you know he's going to have a role to play potentially at centre back, and um, you know it it might be a case of can we get away with it there? Yeah. And in the process of trying to get away with it, maybe find a, you know a very good way way forward. Um, I mean, personally, I'd like to see more um, from. Uh, the other centre back, whose name? Uh, um, no, um, Matip. Matip. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because, um, for me, a real classy player, but I want to see more leadership from yeah. him. And you know, I think people have spoken about his lack of aggression and all yeah. that. But I think you're right. I think if, if Liverpool are going to kick on, every player that's at the club has to get better at what they what they do because that's the way football is and where the players progress yeah. just one last question though because you mentioned the, the bids the one the one other final criticism we've seen is that Liverpool uh, were deliberately bidding on players that they knew they couldn't get so that they could look as though they were prepared to spend the money without having to spend the money yeah I mean is I'm, that that just I mean that, that, total bollocks yeah well your words are not my words like but but, um, but the reason Liverpool, I mean, if you look at the other side of that coin, it's people were furious that Liverpool were hovering set to possibly might make bids. Yeah. And we're going, just make a freaking bid. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the reason that you don't is that clubs don't like to be seen to make bids that aren't successful. Yeah. They don't overly like it coming out that they've made it. When there's an unsuccessful bid, it tends to come out from the club who've rejected it. Yeah. It doesn't tend to come out from the club who've made it and been rejected, and there's there's obvious reasons why that that they don't like that. Well, you because don't tell people when you've asked the girl out and she said no. Exactly, exactly, and plus it sends a message to some other possible targets that you can make bids at levels that are unsuccessful, which might make them doubt yeah. whether you can get them over the line yeah. if they come. I mean, that's something that will have to be interesting with Van Dyke and how he views the fact that. You know he's he said to Liverpool clearly yes. Uh, he's handed in a transfer request. He's ostracised himself almost from his his teammates. Yeah. Obviously he was back training yesterday with them, wasn't he? But um, and what's his view towards Liverpool now? Yeah. You I've put myself in a pretty difficult situation and you didn't get it done. Well, we saw it with Gareth Barry, didn't we? Years ago, was he very much went through the same process and was left high and dry by yeah. the club, which tainted his thinking towards it so no I think it, you're right it's, yeah. uh, it's interesting fingers crossed yeah absolutely and, <laughs> and you know 
It would be exciting to see him, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, Andy, thanks very much for your time. No on bother, this. Uh, You're going to be joining us on the build-up show for, for Man City as well. Uh, and, of course, everyone wants more Andy Kelly and more from the Echo staff as well, having these interesting podcast discussions. Anfield Extra. Yeah, we've got Anfield Extra, yeah, which is even more... Obviously, the... Uh, the app's up and running, so everyone is completely free. I've, I think there's 25,000 nearly, I think, I've downloaded and it's working really well. And uh, Anfield Extra is just in there, which is uh, our subscription service. Um, it's in a little bit of transition itself. We're getting some new software in on it, which means that it's free at the moment uh, while we get the, uh, the, soft, the new software put in. So I, I just say have a look at some of the podcasts and stuff we do on there if you can't get enough. Reds. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want some more, in addition to that, the redmentv.com, uh, we've got our own subscription service. Of course, you should know this by now, but yeah, £5 a month for podcast, video content, etc., etc. The The world of Liverpool is very well covered at the moment. <laughs> Let's just have the Reds start proving it on the pitch, and then happy days all around. Andy, thanks very much. No thanks for watching. See you all soon. Ta-ra.